Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And a good afternoon, high school football fans. Welcome to another episode of The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I hope that everybody is staying dry out there on this soggy Friday night. This is the Friday Night Lights High School Football Preview Review Show for Week 4. And we have a jam-packed show. I'm going to have my broadcast partner, Corey Bank, on later in the show to talk about that crazy finish between... Glenwood and Bessemer Academy last night, and we'll also recap the Smith Station Prattville game that happened last week. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key out of Newton, Georgia, and we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar Grill. Go jump at Slide Inflatables, Backwoods Barbecue, and Planet Fitness. So on the show, this is episode 458 on this September 9th, 2022 and we have got a jam-packed show. High school football just happening all over the Chattahoochee Valley tonight. Now, we did have some inclement weather that is supposed to be coming in, so a lot of schools shifted their games to last night. So I'm going to break down those games first, and then we'll get into Week 4 preview. Starting with the game that Corey and I called last night on the campus of Glenwood, that was the craziest finish I've ever witnessed to a high school football game in my broadcasting career. Now, Glenwood won the game. They won the game 34-7, to but with 40 seconds left to go until halftime, the game was called because their kicker kicked the extra point and it hit a light that caused a circuit breaker power outage and there was no lights in the stadium. So the referees called the game. It is a win for Glenwood, 34-7, to and now Glenwood is 2 and 2 on the year, 2 and 0 oh in region play, and uh, that game was great from start to finish. Dallas Crow with three rushing touchdowns. JT Banks also had a touchdown and Glenwood was just dominant from start to finish, and uh, they called the game. So Glenwood's got to prepare to get ready for what looks like the high school game of the week for week 5 as they are taking on Lee Scott Academy on the road in Auburn. Lee Scott was also in action last night. They push their record to 3-0 as well by getting a dominant 48-6 victory over Morgan Academy. So far, Lee Scott Academy has beat Chambers Academy 34-0, Monroe Academy 45-0, and now Morgan Academy 48-6 to improve their record to 3-0 and on the season. They are 2-0 and in region play for the AISA 3A classification. So next Friday night, up in Auburn, Alabama, Lee Scott Academy Warriors will take on the Glenwood Gators. And looking at the Twitter poll, right now I had my Twitter poll out 
voting for the high school game of the week. Now, I also threw in some Noonan schools in there, but clearly leading the way with 78% of the votes is Glenwood versus Lee Scott Academy. You got five days left to vote, but it looks like that's going to be the high school game of the week. There's some other candidates that I put in there, including Stars Mill at LaGrange. I'll get into the LaGrange game later. Whitewater at Troop County. Troop County is on a bye this week and Harris County at Hardaway. So let's talk about the LaGrange Grangers because they were dominant Thursday night, last night at Callaway Stadium. They defeated Upson Lee 42-14, including a 53-yard strike from Jalen Brown to Magic Johnson for a touchdown. And the Grangers, in three games, have looked very dominant and they get ready for region play next week against Stars Mill. Stars Mill is also a team that is ranked highly. They're making that transition from 5A to 4A. But Stars Mill is going to be a very challenging game for the Grangers. As Stars Mill is currently 3-0 on the season, they have a bye and they will take on LaGrange next week at Callaway Stadium. That is going to be a Friday night game. Some of the other action last night around the Chattahoochee Valley. Lochapoca goes to 4-0 on the season as they defeat Central of Haynesville 48-12. And it looks like the Polka way is working. Lochapoca will host Notasaldula next week. As right now, Lochapoca 4-0 on the season, 2-0 in region play for single-A region 4. Also, you had the Valley Rams that improved their record to 2-2 by beating Sylacauga 46-14. And how about the Beauregard Hornets 4-0 on the season after defeating Tallahassee 14-6. Some of the other scores from last night, you had one more, Noonan defeated Hardaway 49-7, and Hardaway is 0-4 on the season. So because a lot of schools moved their games to Thursday night last night, here is the latest update on the forecast. They did expect heavy showers, but for the Columbus-Phoenix City area, there's about a 30% chance of rain. So it looks like they'll get these games in. Most of the rain will not come until later tonight. But let's talk about the high school game of the week. You voted for it on Twitter. There's no question that this has been the high school game of the week, not only for the sports beat, but also for WRBL and WTVM. The high school game of the week is Central at Opelika. Central 3-0 and on the year, and they have been as dominant as ever in their three contests. Opelika, they're also 3-0. and They've done a good job making the transition from 6A to 7A, and they have a quarterback at the realm, Roman Gagliano, who did go to the Manning camp. I had a chance to meet Roman Gagliano when he was playing for the Opelika basketball team last year, and he is a smart kid. He is a very good decision maker with the football, makes good decisions in the pocket, but he is going to have a tough challenge with that ferocious defense from the Central Red Devils, led by defensive end Tamarian Parker and their all-specialty cornerback, A.J. Harris. But on the other side of the football, the Central Red Devils have a weapon at their arsenal as four-star wide receiver Carmelo English, who is committed to Auburn, is going to get most of 
the receptions out there for Jalen Sims. And Central just continues to roll on here early in the high school football season. It's strength on strength. You got Central that's 3-0, taking on Opelika that's 3-0. And head coach Eric Speakman is going to have the Bulldogs ready, and they'll have that home field advantage tonight, and that is going to be a massive game. But you know that the Central faithful is going to make the trip up 480 to Opelika to catch this game. And I just want to see strength on strength. And overall, I just want to see a good football game. I think that quarterback Roman Gagliano is going to be up to the challenge. Tay Gay could be used as a weapon as well, not only on defense. He's listed as a linebacker, but also in the receiving core. Oh, isn't region play fun? I mean, this is my favorite region in East Alabama. 7A Region 2, because you have a gauntlet of teams, not just Central Nopalica, but you got Auburn, Enterprise, Prattville. You got a lot of great teams in this region that want to compete for a state title just about every year. Speaking of Prattville, so Smith Station last week defeated Prattville 30-21, to and Corey and I had the privilege to call this game, and it was one of the biggest upsets I've ever witnessed in high school football. What a great job by the Smith Station Panthers. Now, they're in action tonight on the road against Enterprise. They are 1-2 and two on the season, and Enterprise is also 1-2. and two. But head coach Mike Glisson got emotional after the game, and that's what I love about Coach Glisson is he puts it all out on the field, and he got his players ready to take on the Prattville Lions, and they did not back down from the challenge. Prattville, it seemed like at times, could of put the game away. They had a very good couple of runs by O'Marion Parks, but Smith Station just using the playmakers like Devin Peterman and Jackson Greer, and they were able to get the victory. And this is a turning point win for Smith Station to defeat a team like Prattville, which I said in year two that Smith Station was going to improve. They won two games last year. This year, I felt they were going to improve. I thought that the wins would come to other opponents. I didn't expect them to beat Prattville, but they've done that, and that is what you've got to do to turn a football program around. So a great job by the Smith Station Panthers. Like I said, in action tonight on the road against the Enterprise Wildcats. Another team that's trying to bounce back from their disappointing loss, 35-21 to to Stanhope Elmore in region play, is the Russell County Warriors. One and one on the season. Russell County is traveling to Montgomery, Alabama. They'll be at the Cramden Bowl to take on the Carver Montgomery. And Carver Montgomery is 2-0 and on the season. This is going to be a challenge before Russell County is back in action next week against Wetumpka. But as they get into region play, there's a lot of teams that are new in this region. No, they don't have to play Opelika. They don't have to play Robert E. Lee. They don't have to play Eufaula or Valley in region play, although they are playing Valley this year in a couple of weeks. But head coach Dylan Griggs is going to have them ready to go. Uh, Robert Calhoun leading the offense for Russell County. You you got Drew Pickett in the backfield. You got A.J. Black. And uh, Russell County should be able to bounce back and compete with Carver Montgomery. Some action from Thursday night. You had Highland Home that defeated Lynette. Highland Home, who's now in the region with the Panthers, still undefeated. Lynette falls to 2-2 two and two on the season, and head coach Clifford Story has got to regroup and get ready for their next opponent. 
as Lynette will travel to Laverne next week. Tonight, you got Jefferson Davis that's over at the Duck to take on the Auburn Tigers. Auburn also 3 and 0 on the season. You got head coach Brian Harson from the Auburn Tigers college football team, and his son is actually the quarterback, so uh, that's pretty cool. The Hanley Tigers, a, a powerhouse in 4A, taking on White Plains tonight. Hanley is 3 and 0 on the season. White Plains is 1 and 1. You have Notasaga who's taking on Maplesville. You got Lafayette that's traveling down to Clayton, Alabama to take on Barber County. Uh, Chambers Academy, they won last week. They started 0-2. Chambers Academy likes to try to get a win as they will take on Crenshaw Christian Academy. Last night, Chambers Academy picks up their second straight victory by defeating Crenshaw Christian Academy 38-6. So Chambers Academy is 2-2 on the season after they picked up their first win in region play last week, defeating Edgewood Academy 49-14. to And they will take on Banks Academy next week. All right, those were all the teams in East Alabama. Now let's go to the other side of the river, where we will cover all the teams from West Georgia. Let's start with the Carver Tigers. They were on a bye last week. They have a tough road test traveling to Northeast out of Macon. Now Northeast is 0-2. But Carver has seemed very dominant in their first two wins. A 41-10 victory over Hardaway and a 40-0 win over Spencer in the Heritage Bowl. As they continue non-region play, the Northeast Raiders out of Macon, they lost two very close games. A 14-12 victory by Mary Persons out of Forsyth, and then they lose to the state champions of 2A, Fitzgerald, 28-27. Northeast is a team that competes in 2A, but it's nice to see these other schools out of Macon, out of Albany, that these schools from Columbus rarely get to play, but now they're playing them in non-region games and region games, and Carver wants to try to get the home. Carver wants to try to pick up the road victory. This is going to be the first time they're going to be on the road, and head coach Pierre Coffey is going to have his Carver Tigers ready. It seems like the Carver Tigers have not skipped a beat from their state championship run last year when they fell to Benedictine. All right, tonight at Callaway Stadium, you got the Pulpwood Classic, the Callaway Cavaliers. They come into this contest 0-3 on the season, taking on their rival, the Heard County Braves, who are 1-1 on the season. Callaway just might as well be the best 0-3 team I've ever seen. I mean, you look at their schedule, the teams that they have lost to, they lose to 718. They lose to a 718 out of Opelika, 29 to 28, when they had a 14 nothing lead, and Opelika was able to pull it out on a two point conversion. They travel up to Cedartown. Cedartown, remember, is a powerhouse in 4A football. They went to the Final Four last year. They did lose to Carver in the state championship in the Final Four in the state playoffs, but Cedartown they beat them 47 to seven. And then they hosted Troop County, one of the hottest teams in the Valley. Troop County and their quarterback, Teo Todd. Troop County and their quarterback, Teo Todd, has really delivered for Coach Tanner Glisson. And Callaway lost the game at Callaway Stadium last night. And Callaway lost the game at Callaway Stadium last Friday night, 23-14. to Now, Heard County... Hurt County's going to come in here with a lot of momentum after beating Midtown 41 to nothing. Heard County's making the transition down to single A. 
they lost a very close game at home to Bremen, 15 to 13. And now Heard County could play. These two teams, you know, they met last year, and it's always a big game when you got something to play for. The Pulpwood Classic. It is happening tonight at Callaway Stadium. The Pulpwood Classic. It is happening tonight at Callaway Stadium. You also got Harris County that's taking on Howard tonight. Harris County, they won their first game last week, defeating Shaw 26-13. And now Harris County wants to try to pick up the game in Hamilton, Georgia. It's always a tough place to play a football game. But Harris County is up to the challenge. I was very fortunate to see Harris County in action when they played Russell County, their second game of the season. It was Russell County's week one game. But Kobe Eskew. He is one of the top wide receivers in the state of Georgia. But Levi Watson leads the offense for Harris County, and it's some growing pains. They are in a rebuilding year with new head coach Tommy Watson, but their region is winnable. Harris County can rattle off some games, and I cannot wait for a couple weeks when they take on Northside because their region has changed. You only have five teams that are now in their region, so Harris County does play a lot of non-region games. They are taking on a team right now. That is 2-0. The Howard Huskies out of Macon. They are a 4A program that could sneak up on you. So that, that should be a fun game. That should be a fun game tonight. All right, this is one of my favorite rivalry games. The Shaw Raiders taking on the Northside Patriots at Kennett Stadium. you got a home field advantage for both schools. It's considered a home game for Shaw. But you know the Northside Patriots fans are going to be there on the other side of the bleachers. Yep, Shaw is going to get the bigger side of the bleachers, obviously, because they're the home team. Both teams are 2-1. and one, And the Shaw Raiders, after starting 2-0, and oh, they got disappointed a little bit, a little humbled by losing to Harris County last week. But head coach Blair Harrison really instilling his philosophy. And Shaw will get ready for this game. Northside, after losing to LaGrange in Week 2, they were able to bounce back and get a big victory over Hardaway last week. And Malachi Hosley, he's going to be a hard running back to contain if you're the Shaw Raiders defense. But Northside will be ready to play. And my colleagues, Thrift Barringer and DJ Jones, will be on the call for Sports Vision's 92, Flavor 92.1. And that's going to be fun and exciting. I, I really enjoy Thrift and DJ. They just have so much chemistry on their Sports Visions sports show. And I really enjoy listening to their broadcast. So check that out if you can't make it out to the game. This is a special rivalry game to me because living in close proximity to Shaw, there's kind of a border up in North Columbus. The battle for North Columbus is at stake. Anytime Shaw plays Northside, it is... A very passionate rivalry. And you got you got students that live right on the border on uh, Shaw and Northside side. Because where Shaw High School is, they're approximately three miles from each other. If you look at where Northside is, it's across Veterans Parkway. But if you keep going down, oh, it's going to be a fun game tonight. I cannot wait. And at A.J. McClung Memorial Stadium tonight, you have the Jordan Red Jackets taking on the Academy for Classical Education out of Macon, Georgia. This is a 2A region game. So the Jordan Red Jackets, who has had a slow start. I mean, you lose 55 nothing to Columbus, and you lose 58 nothing to Mount Zion. It's going to be tough to try to go up from there. But Jordan has some things that they could improve on and this would be a good test 
especially in region play, taking on the Academy for Classical Education. At Dymel Field, you got St. Ampicelli back in action, taking on Mount DeSales Academy. I really love what Athletic Director Corey Black is doing at St. Ampicelli, really building a brand. And, and I got some Facebook friends with ties to St. Ampicelli. And that atmosphere at Dymel Field, kind of like that atmosphere at the Swamp last night in Phoenix City. I just love going to private – I just – I just love going to high school football games when it, you have private schools because there's some things that you're allowed to do at the private school. One thing is selling merchandise. I mean, they had the souvenir shop, and you could buy Glenwood Gator stuff, and I'm sure they have that at St. Ampicelli. And athletic director Corey Black said, you know, they tailgate, and it's just a great atmosphere. St. Ampicelli, 2-1 and one on the season. After a dominating win against Lakeview Academy, they still have a non-region game. I mean, they don't get into region play until October 7th when they take on the Brookstone Cougars, the battle for the Pacelli, the, Bro, the Brucelli jug. Always a great time to see St. Ampicelli play football. They just have this tradition of excellent football. And 2-1 and one on the season. We saw them earlier in the the season week one taking on Glenwood and they won that game in the high school game of the week. So St. Ampicelli in action. Schley County after losing after losing last week to Early County. Schley County is back home for a non-region game as they will host Blakely County. Blakely County is 2-0 on the season but Schley County one of those teams in single A that could compete for a state title. The Schley County Wildcats back in action in Ellaville tonight. You also have Chattahoochee County. Panth- you also have the Panthers from Chattahoochee County. Chaco is 0-2 on the season. They want to try to get a win as they got a home game tonight against North Clayton. They've had some two tough losses. A 27-26 loss to Pelham week one. And then a 20-14 loss at home to Walnut Grove. So something's got to give. Chattahoochee County has got to find a way to get the win over North Clayton. Now you have the Manchester Blue Devils who got a huge win last week against the Columbus Blue Devils. 62-22. That small town atmosphere, Manchester in Manchester, Georgia, is always fun. I love just driving by their high school, and you know their fans are so passionate about Manchester football. They will have a road game tonight against the 3-0 and Lamar County Trojans. All right, let's talk about Marion County. 0-2 on the season after losing to Shaw Week 1. They lose to Southland Academy last week, 21-14. They're at home. For the first time this season, taking on Hawkinsville. That is 0-3 on the season. Some of the other action tonight, Calvary Christian is taking on Flint River Academy. The Central Hawks out of Talbotton, who's 0-2 on the season, taking on Twiggs County. All right, let's move on to all the action in Noonan, Georgia, because that is where, with this radio station that I broadcast out of Noonan. 
just want to make sure to give those Noonan High School football teams some love. Let's start with the East Coweta Indians. You know, they got a big victory over Hillgrove last week, 55-21. to And they have got a big game tonight against Sandy Creek out of Tyrone. East Coweta taking on Sandy Creek. That's going to be a big game. Now let's talk about the Noonan Cougars. 1-2 and two on the season after losing to Sandy Creek in East Coweta, but they were able to get the victory Thursday night against the Hardaway Hawks, 49-7. to Some of the teams that have a bye this week include, including Stars Mill, who gets ready for their big showdown against the LaGrange Grangers at Callaway Stadium next week. Same with Whitewater. Whitewater is also 3-0 and on the season. After defeating Griffin last week, 45-21, to and Whitewater has a bye, but they will take on Troop County on Thursday night at Callaway Stadium. Wow, so next week, Callaway Stadium is going to have some key region matchups where you have undefeated teams. 3-0 and Whitewater taking on Troop County on Thursday night, and then 3-0 and Stars Mill taking on 3-0 and LaGrange Friday night. And that is why those two choices are included in my high school games of the week. Now, I know that Whitewater and Stars Mill are not in the Columbus area, but they're good football teams, and they're going to come to play. Harris County and Northside know exactly what Whitewater and Stars Mill are all about because they see them every year in 5A. Well, now that Whitewater and Stars Mill are in 4A, it's going to have some competitive football games and I can't wait for these games. I mean, you get two outstanding games at Callaway Stadium back-to-back. I mean, that's what it's all about. Some of the other Noonan games in action, you had Northgate that they lost to Villa Rica last week, 29-17. to They're taking on Griffin at home. Both teams are 0-3. And you also have McIntosh out of Peachtree City. That is taking on Central tonight. McIntosh, they did beat Fayette County week one, but they are O and they are one and two. But they are taking on Central of Carrollton tonight. So wow, we just flew by all those high school games. And really, this is my favorite time of the year. You know, you got the NFL week one, college football. I tell you, I mean, I love doing this show. This is a high school football show, but briefly I do want to talk about. What a game by the Buffalo Bills beating the Rams last night. That was incredible. Uh, yeah, I'll get into that on Monday. Uh, stay tuned for Monday's show. As uh, I'm starting to bring my broadcast partner, Corey Bank, on the show, he's going to start being more of a guest. All right, so I revealed it on Monday. Now I'm going to recap the top 10 in East Alabama and West Georgia. So the rankings after week three, and I know that the rankings are going to change on Monday, so you want to stay tuned for that show. Let's go with East Alabama. We're going to start with East Alabama. Number one, the Central Red Devils. 3-0, and dominant, one of the best teams in the state of Alabama. They made a statement week one beating a top five team in Hewitt Trustful, 37-21. to Then they defeated their arch rival in the backyard brawl, Smith Station, 38 to nothing. Last week they got a very good defensive effort beating Enterprise 27 to 7. They've got a big game tonight including 
In fact, it is the high school game of the week tonight in Opelika, Alabama. So we'll see where Opelika is in this rank in these rankings. All right, number two. Number two, I got the Auburn Tigers. I think Auburn has been just as dominant as Central. As uh, they defeated a 2-0 Dothan team last week, they actually started off getting a 17-14 victory down in Montgomery against Hoover, another top-five team, and then getting a, and getting an impressive victory over Enterprise on the road. Yeah, Auburn's a good team that's only going to get better throughout the season. Number three, you got the Opelika Bulldogs. So there's no surprise that the first three teams in my rankings for East Alabama are all from Region 7A, all from 7A Region 2. And what to do, because somebody's got to lose between Central and Opelika. The loser of this game, how far do I drop them in the rankings? Because really, I don't factor in win-loss record. I factor in, are you the best team in the region and does your path to the state championship get easier for you? Opelika had a tough game week one. They had to travel to LaGrange to face the Callaway Cavaliers at Callaway Stadium. They were down 14 to nothing. They had to overcome a deficit, but they were able to get the win on a gutsy call by Roman Gagliano to go for two. And Opelika gets a statement win. And then their last two games... They defeated Jefferson Davis 35-14 and Robert E. Lee 31-7 on the road. So you don't think the Opelika Bulldogs are liking beans? You don't think the Opelika Bulldogs like being in 7A Region 2? I mean, they were made for this. Head coach Eric Speakman has got them playing on a high level. When they were 6A, they were playing 7A schools. All right, number four in my rankings is Lee Scott Academy. Not only is Lee Scott Academy 3-0 after getting a big win over Morgan Academy last night, they've been dominant as a 3-0 team. I mean, they knocked off a Chambers Academy team week one, 33-0. That's why I got them in my list. And they have a lot of players returning from that team that made a deep run into the state playoffs last year. So that's why Lee Scott Academy is on this list. So my list is going to change. I really don't know what to do with Beauregard. Uh, I could move them up, but number five is the Hanley Tigers. Hanley, after getting a small victory, the Hanley Tigers, after getting a victory over Valley week one, was able to get two road victories, one against St. James, 48-35, to and then to Jacksonville, 54-41. to Now they're back on home. Now they're back home taking on White Plains. And that's why I got Hanley really high on my list because... They are a team in 4A that could make a deep run into the state playoffs. So the Hanley Tigers at number five. Number six, probably going to drop them in my rankings. This was the rankings I had on Monday, but it's going to change. Lynette was number six, but they are 2-2 two and two after losing to Highland Home, 28-18. They, they lost to Valley, 19-0. But Coach Story has got Lynette playing at a high level. They're always going to be tops in my rankings but at two and two it's it's hard to overcome and then number seven the surprise of all the teams in east alabama the beauregard hornets when i did this ranking i had them at three and oh they're going to move up in my rankings for monday's show beauregard is four and oh after getting a big 14 to 6 victory over the tallassee tigers 
How about the Beauregard Hornets? And not only that, Beauregard is 2-0 in region play. Next week, they'll have a non-region game as they will take on Charles Henderson from Troy. But if you look at their region opponents, they're pretty winnable games. I think that Beauregard is not only going to make the playoffs, but they could make some noise when they get into the playoffs. Number eight, and I'm going to move them up in my rankings because they did win last night, Lochapoca. The poke away is working as they defeated Central Haynesville 48-12. You know what the coach said for Lochapoca? It's State Tyler Bust. And Lochapoca is looking very impressive so far on the season. Number nine, I got the Ufala Tigers. Head coach Jarrell Jernigan, who won a Super Bowl with the New York Giants, has got Ufala playing very well, beating Stanhope Elmore 22-14, and then beating Heedlin 35-20. Copeland Cotton is the quarterback leading the charge. As they take on Greenville tonight, they got a big test next week against Pike Road. Remember, Pike Road won a state championship in 5A. Now that Eufaula is back in 5A and Pike Road is now in 6A, something's got to give. But I do have the Eufaula Tigers ranked number 9. At number 10, I got the Russell County Warriors at number 10 after losing to Stanhope Elmore 20. 35 to 21, I dropped Russell County in my rankings because of that reason. There's just a lot of great teams here in East Alabama. Some of the teams on the outside looking in, Glenwood, now that they are 2 and 2, does Glenwood get back into my rankings? I mean, they have a massive game next week against Lee Scott Academy, and that's looking like the high school game of the week. Does Smith Station at 1 and 2 jump back into the rankings? Chambers Academy is 2 and 2. So a lot to digest as I reveal my rankings on Monday. Now let's look at the rankings for all the teams in West Georgia. After week three, I had a shift in the change. And I think that the Troop County Tigers were deserving of the number one ranking to overtake the Carver Tigers. Yeah, Carver was on a bye. But Troop County took down the Callaway Cavaliers, a very good team. And Troop County is 3-0. They got a massive game next week as they are taking on Whitewater, who's also 3-0. And that is one of the candidates for high school game of the week. It's possible. They could end up becoming the high school game of the week. But Troop County is on a bye this week. A well-rested bye for head coach Tanner Glisson and the Troop County Tigers. Number two, I got the Carver Tigers. They were on a bye last week. But, you know, the first two games, they've been dominant. A 40-21 to 21 victory over Hardaway and a 30 to nothing victory over Spencer. Carver's going to be on the road to take on a Northeast team out of Macon that's 0-2. But they've played some pretty close games, including a 28-27 loss to Fitzgerald. Number three, I got the LaGrange Grangers. After getting a dominant win over Upson Lee, 42-14, they get ready to take on Stars Mill Friday night at Callaway Stadium. Stars Mill is 3-0 on the season. Number four, I got the St. Ampicelli Vikings, who are 2-1 on the season. They're taking on Mount DeSales Academy at home at Dimel Field tonight. Number five, I got the Brookstone Cougars, who are on a bye this week after getting a very impressive victory over... After getting a very impressive victory over First Presbyterian Day in overtime last week, 34-28, They will enjoy their bye this week, and they will take on Mount Zion next Friday. 
Number six, I got Schley County, who's one and one on the season, taking on two and zero Blakely County tonight. So number seven, I really didn't know what to do with the Callaway Cavaliers because this is a great zero and three team, but I dropped them all the way down to number seven in my rankings because I still think that Callaway could run the table. They got a tough test against Heard County tonight in the Pulpwood Classic at Callaway Stadium. But the Callaway Cavaliers, once they start getting into region play, they can start making a run. Head coach Pete Wiggins is going to have them ready to play. Deshaun Coleman is a great quarterback. And the Cavaliers get on a run and start winning some games. And that's why I still have them in my rankings. Number eight, the Northside Patriots back in my top ten after getting an impressive win over Hardaway. And it's going to be hard to stop Malachi Hosley. He is a gamer, but they have a tough test against the Shaw Raiders, who's trying to prove something tonight at Kennett Stadium. I got Shaw at number nine. Although they did lose to Harris County last week, Shaw's looked impressive in their first two games. A win over Marion County, and then a win over Kendrick. And then number 10, I got the Heard County Braves, still in the Chattahoochee Valley. They're in Franklin, Georgia, but I got them listed as the 10th best team so that's it. That's that's my top 10 for West Georgia. Stay tuned for Monday's show as I'm going to have my new rankings after week four. You don't want to miss it. I'm really excited about that. Oh, this has been a great show, but I think it's time to bring my broadcast partner, Corey Bank, on the show as we recap that crazy game last night between Glenwood and Bessemer Academy. And then we'll also recap the Smith Station Prattville game from last week and a preview a little bit of the Russell County Wetumpka game that we are calling next Friday. So you get a treat. I was able to call a high school football game last night. I'm not calling one tonight. So my night is free. So I hope you enjoy the interview and we'll be back with Corey. Welcome back to the show. On the show, I got my broadcast partner from the CW Jabama and Beam, Corey Bank. We just got finished calling probably one of the craziest games we have ever witnessed. Glenwood beats Bessemer Academy 34 to 7, but the game was called because a circuit breaker went out in the stadium, and with 40 seconds left to go until halftime, they called the game. Corey, how shocked were you? It was one of the most shocking things you could possibly see in sports. You don't normally see the lights go out like this, but we got to talk about how this was a great ball game. So for this Glenwood Gator team, a guy that was crucial and showed how incredible he was at the quarterback position, that is Dallas Crow. Dallas Crow showed every bit of why he is a dual-threat quarterback. We saw him make some impressive throws on the slant routes. We saw him make impressive throws on the outer layer of the field. But most importantly, the most notable part of his game tonight, his running game. He rushed Richard for three touchdowns in the first half. I actually thought we were going to call JT Banks' number a lot, but they didn't really need him. He did have a rushing touchdown, and he had a big run but Glenwood was dominant from start to finish. They scored touchdowns on all their offensive possessions. They got a big turnover on special teams. And Glenwood is now 2-2 two and two on the year. And they are 2-0 and oh in region play, which is important because they travel to Auburn next week to take on Lee Scott Academy. Uh, Corey, this was just a crazy game. It was a crazy game last week as Smith Station knocked off 
Prattville in one of the biggest upsets I've ever seen in high school football. So, Corey, let's talk about that Smith Station Prattville game. Smith Station ends up defeating Prattville 30 to 21. Thanks to big play capability from Jackson Greer, Devin Pierman with a touchdown return and a touchdown reception. And the Smith Station's defense was able to hold Prattville as O'Marion Parks had two big touchdown runs. And Prattville, uh, one of those teams in 7A Region 2 that competes for state championship and makes a big run into the state playoffs. I actually thought that the emotion that head coach Mike Glisson had after the game was so incredible. And the fans, the coaches, the alumni, they were so happy that Smith Station was able to get the win. And it was such an honor to call such an incredible game. And to call an upset on a TV broadcast was just Incredible, and I got just such an adrenaline rush from calling the game. Absolutely, Richard. It was incredible to see a team that usually does not have the opportunity to come up with a victory against a team like Prattville. A guy who had a great game for Prattville, though, was Cameron Shanks. Cameron Shanks showed exactly why he's a great all-around athlete. They got him on the outside. They threw that screen pass, Richard. He showed his track star speed breaking tackles, and running up the seam for a touchdown for that Prattville team. That's a great job on that regard. And to comment more on that O'Marion Parks, O'Marion Parks scored two touchdowns in that first quarter of the ball game, showing exactly how dynamic he is, getting inside and outside the tackle box. But then we saw him break tackles. But at the same time, he got on the outside, had the jump cut, and showed just how agile there was. But after that first half lights out defense from the Smith Station defense. It's a very exciting time for them. This is what they needed. They needed to have hope, especially what they had done the week prior to Central. You got to like what they're doing onward and upward. And Smith Station has a tough road test against Enterprise tonight down in Enterprise, Alabama, a region foe as they try to even their record to 2-2. Two and two. It truly was. We saw a team that last week was clearly not as good. If you want to look across the books, you had a team that didn't win a game yet this year. They had just been coming off a, uh, a major loss to the Central team, but they came together on all parts of the football game. They came together. They beat this massive Prattville team, and you have to love what they have done. Corey, i got to tell you, I've had such a great time calling these games. I mean, so far we've called four games, and we are actually headed back to Russell County next week to see Russell County take on region foe, the Indians from Wetumpka. And Russell County is actually playing Carver Montgomery tonight as they are 1-1 one and one on the season. Uh, that game that we called against Harris County, their opener, uh, what does Russell County have to do to get back to playing their game so they can pick up a victory against Wetumpka next week? In order for them to do so, they're going to have to be really stout with their defensive line that we've seen in their play when it was the Jamboree game, and then 
the week after that, the Harris County game. We saw the fact that they have to be running the football with their tangible running backs, with Drew Pickett, the commit going to Wake Forest. They're going to have to keep the football in between the tackles. He's very hard to tackle, drags defenders, but then he can also do the capabilities of getting jump cuts into the secondary and showing his speed the next level. Now, in regards to another part of their football game, they're going to have to have Robert Calhoun step up. Very good dual threat quarterback, getting outside the tackle boxes, making his throws to his weapons like the likes of A.J. Black. That's what I think they're going to have to do to become victorious in this next week. So the next time that we're going to be at Glenwood will be October the 7th as they will take on Monroe Academy. I got to tell you, Corey, I've really been impressed with the facilities here on the campus of Glenwood. They got a nice press box. And this is really the first time that I have visited Glenwood. There's just so much pageantry and tradition and history with the state championships they won in the early 90s, their baseball team winning all those multiple state championships. But it's going to be a very interesting game for Glenwood. Next week, they will take on Lee Scott Academy. And right now, that is the Sports Beats High School Game of the Week. I mean, it's pretty much running away with the votes. And that is going to be a tough matchup as Glenwood taking on Lee Scott Academy. Uh, what are your thoughts about what Glenwood needs to do to get a victory on the road against Lee Scott Academy? In order for them to do this, they're going to have to have all-around great play. Their wide receiver, Aaron Burton, is really a Swiss Army knife. They're going to have to get him around like they did tonight in jet sweeps scenarios. They're going to have to let him run the football sometimes in between the tackles, but really getting him on the outside with the ability for him to run slant patterns over the middle of the field and dynamic passing routes on screens. Now, another guy that's going to have to step up, he was an absolute beast tonight navigating through and surveying the field through all the tackle boxes and clogging up the holes, and that was outside linebacker Lamont Burton, the other Burton brother. I'm telling you, these Burton brothers are going to have to be dynamic when it comes to playing in this next week's game. I tell you, Dallas Crow was special tonight. Uh, three rushing touchdowns, and and that's what they got to do against Lee Scott Academy. Uh, Glenwood, two and two on the season, and really was a fun night. It was a crazy night. It was probably the craziest uh, finish I've ever witnessed in a football game. When we only called a half of a football game, but you know, I'm not sure if they're going to count this as a, as a game in in the books. But uh, we shall see later. But Moving on to week five. Uh, Corey, your final thoughts before we close this portion of the show. So a guy also on this Glenwood team is going to have to step up in the secondary, most importantly, and also the return game. That's a guy that stepped up tonight, Camden White. We saw him in the backfield. We saw him deflecting passes. We saw that this guy was taking proper angles to the football, whether they were dialing up blitz packages, whether he was playing bump run coverage. The guy is straight up ball hawk. And that's going to be crucial for this Glenwood team. So thank you for having me on, Richard. Oh, Corey, as always. And uh, don't forget that uh, the high school football show will air every Friday night at uh, five from 5 to 6 on WQEE. So thank you, Corey. And uh, that'll do it here. So thank you, everybody, for listening to another exciting episode of the Friday Night Lights preview review show, week four, high school football all around the Chattahoochee Valley. Well, Corey, you've gotten a bonus here on this show as we were able to recap two games. We were going to get on and recap the Smith Station Prattville game and preview 
the Glenwood Bessemer Academy game that we were supposed to call Friday night, but the inclement weather has moved the Glenwood game to last night and a bunch of region games around the Chattahoochee Valley was pushed back to Thursday night because of inclement weather. So a great job on the call and uh, I'll see you next week as we preview week five in high school football in the Chattahoochee Valley. Thank you for having me on, Richard. I look forward to our Monday show. That's right. We do have the NFL week one and college football week two, some massive games in football. This is my favorite time of the year. I really just love it. I know we had to pivot a little bit because of the inclement weather that is about to happen later today. So we actually wrapped up and called the game on Thursday night. And uh, part of the show was uh, recapping the highlights from some of the Thursday night games. But it was fun. And uh, we were able to get at least a half in of football and And hopefully it turns out to be an official win in the win column for the Glenwood Gators. All right, that's it. Hope everybody has a great night. And we will see you next week. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.